Guys, how are we doing? And welcome to episode two of the Nick Lockwood Coaching Podcast. And today I'm going to go through what I would do if I was starting now, as in right now, 30 years old, looking to either get back into it or to take things to the next level. Because I think we often see posters, things I wish I knew when I started, what I would tell my former self. However, that is often a very long time ago when life was very different. For me, man, I was like 18 when I started this stuff. Life, and maybe 21, 22 when I really started to get into it more. However, life then versus now is very different. Yes, I'm a little bit older. There is some changes that happen physically. However, life responsibilities, time and life pressures are very different. Recovery capabilities from a night out as well, as we all know. So what would I do if I was starting right now as we speak? The first thing I would do was I would acknowledge exactly where I am at this present moment in time. A big issue a lot of us make is we hold on this to identity of what we used to be able to do. We were fit this time, or we even go back to that plan that we did once that got a shape in the past. However, that was then, this is now, and that is not what we are doing right now. So we need to start setting a plan in stone for going forward from here. And even if you are someone who was relatively in shape at one moment, if you have not been training for a while, or if you feel like you've been going through the motions for a little bit, not really exerting yourself, you're going to be a little bit detrained. And if we try to go too hard too soon, or try and go straight back into that, we're going to burn out pretty quick, be beat up, not feel like we can sustain it. And then we're going to start blaming the fact that we're getting older, <laughs> that we can't do it, when that really isn't the case. What we need to do is accept that we're a little bit detrained. It's going to take a little bit of time. Your body needs to turn time to adapt again. So for the first few weeks to a month, maybe two months, you're going to slowly increase what you're doing. Maybe start three days per week, full body, add a little bit more each time. Next thing you know, as each phase goes past, you can add a little bit more, a little bit more. Then you're progressing again. Then by the end of the year, you're going to be a machine again. And like most, a lot of people that I have worked with, you can actually go into the 30s, progressing and into the shape of your life. How much body fat do we really have? A mistake a lot of guys make is we actually underestimate how much we are carrying which in turn impacts how long it will take to get there. So I often hear things such as, oh, I just need to get rid of this little bit, or uh, I just need to cut down drinking for a bit, cut carbs for a little bit. And it's probably for most people going to take longer than that six-week shred, that 90-day program. It's probably going to take you longer to get there. So it is really important that we acknowledge our starting point and realize how long it may take to get there. Because if you are someone who can visually kind of maybe see close to abs already, you can get shredded really quick to see that. But if you can't and you haven't been training and the nutrition hasn't been good for a while, we're going to need to learn to rebuild some habits. And it's probably going to take a little bit longer to getting there. We then need to work out what can you realistically do? What can I actually do now? So me going forward now, looking at my weeks, I'm traveling a lot. What can I realistically see as a sustainable plan throughout that period five to six seven days per week may not work anymore like it used to when i was in a set routine i had loads of time right now what can i realistically stick to and what can you stick to for the next three to four months up and coming and what is your main what can you stick to long term so for me Three is always going to be my minimum, and I know I can always stick to that. But for the next few months, I can know I can stick to four sessions per week. And when you know what you can stick to and manage around your work and social life, it's going to be easier. Then we also need to acknowledge what are we willing to do and what we're we not willing to do. Because a lot of people think they're just going to go on this short-term fix, avoid social events, avoid this, avoid that, go on this blitz. 
and it sounds better than what it is. We need to work out what we are willing to do because most people I know not willing to give up time with their friends, family, and, and that is okay. There is nothing wrong with wanting to be someone who still wants to go out and socialize and enjoy yourself. But once we have this acknowledgement that we're not willing to sacrifice that, we can plan around it. And also, maybe it takes a little bit slower to get to the result. But at the end of the day, that's okay. If you can get your results a little bit slower, but enjoy yourself along the way, personally see that as very good success. Because I'm now known that I'm not willing to stay in and be on this restrictive diet. I want to be going out. I'm not willing to do that unless it's a serious deadline, like a photo shoot or something. Then I'd maybe change for the last few weeks. The second point would be never neglect the world-class basics. It really blows my mind how many people overlook the simple processes of, you'll see this posted everywhere, lifting three to four times a week, tracking your calorie intake, doing your step count, making sure you're hitting a high protein number. There are four things. You'll see it posted everywhere, reels, carousels, everything, and you know this. Yet, when people want to step things up to get into shape, they often look for a secret that is going to do something different. And it's the people who get complacent with these world-class basics are the people who never get to where they really want to be and learn to sustain it. The people who do this for a long period of time and really put some effort into it are the ones who are always going to get in shape. Or I don't know anyone who is doing this, which is not that close. Just need to tweak a few things. And I really do understand that at times it can become like, when you have work deadlines, huge pressures going on, sometimes tracking your calories or something in my fitness pal may seem so minuscule in, a, in the grand scheme of things. However, these are the little things that allow you to have it all when it comes to being in shape, staying in shape, whilst balancing work and everything. Because the whole processes of these, what I would do now is you're doing this because I've been through this process. I did this for a short period of time, quite intensely. And it allowed me to build a routine and habits that now I can stick to. So I haven't really needed to track. I rarely need to think about steps, protein intake, because it's so habitual. And you need to do this for a short period of time to build the habits in. Now, if I was going to lose body fat again, I would go back to do it. Because the way I see it is, these are my numbers. I am leaving no stone unturned here. If by doing these things, it means I'm going to get the results that I want. And I'm going to be doing that. It doesn't matter what's happening, you know? So never skimp on these world-class basics. They're posted about and spoken about for a reason. The purpose is gives you accurate data, which you can tweak. It ensures you get where you want to be. But the most important thing is we're building the habits within that allows us to keep them for the long term. When it comes to training itself, I would ensure that the foundations of my training was going to be resistance-based training. There seems to be this thing when people want to step it up and get into shape and just kind of feel fitter so what often happens here is we go down a lot of cardio route and it's as if this association of lifting weights is just for when you were younger or something it's always really an interesting concept that we speak about with a lot of people but the main thing i would do is i'd base the foundations of my training on lifting weights two to four times per week this is going to allow you from a physique perspective firstly build your metabolism burn more calories eat more food which is sensational which is going to allow you to burn more body fat when you're in a deficit. It's going to allow you to see the changes in your body shape and your physique. So you'll notice that in clothing, the way you are looking and feeling. You can see frequent progress in the gym in terms of reps, weight, for example, which is very motivating. Where sometimes I found, and when we do the cardio per se, you can lose the weight, but you just look the same. So it doesn't really do much. Two, cardio can become on its own, can become a little bit, 
boring and soulless. There's only so much further you can keep running. There's only so many more intervals you can add. So that can become quite challenging to continuously progress. Um, and also it can beat us up quite a lot on our joints. And for me personally, I do do running now, so I'm not against that at all. Um, it does make you a lot hungrier. And it can become quite challenging to manage when you're on a diet and that eats into your recovery. So from a health standpoint, foundations of resistance training from the physique there, but from the health, joints and muscles are going to be great because a lot of people, when they start getting back issues, knee issues, you think it's mobility. And often it, they just, we just need more strength around joints and muscles. So that's going to keep us up going forward. Hormonally, it's going to keep things functioning very, very well. So it's going to make us feel good. Uh, for As a guy, it's going to keep testosterone in a fantastic place. Um, and it's just going to keep us overall in a great place from a hormonal and a structural point of view. My experience with running, I really actually enjoy doing some cardio now. So I like balancing the both. And you can split this up however you want. I enjoy doing some form of cardio with it. When you occasionally, I challenge myself to the half marathon, which is cool. But when you start breaking certain distances, then it really impacts how you feel on a day-to-day -day basis, I find. So by, for me now, I use, so you can change this based on your schedule. I never, I did lifting, no cardio. Lifting, honestly, lifting three times a week and just doing a lot of long walks. It's actually very good. I found like that was a great blend of intense and uh, low intensity. Then I enjoyed a little bit of cardio. Did some circuit. I did some resistance training, a couple of movements of strength, then some weighted circuits. Now I lift three to four times a week and do one to two runs, like lower intensity, which works quite well for myself. But you could balance that how you would like from, um, could be two lifts, two, two cardio sessions, run, cycling, whatever that be. Three lifts, one cardio. Or you could do three lifts, big circuits at the end or something like that could work for you. But often when people say they want to feel fitter as well, when you do the running per se, or the cardio per se, you get better at that. However, fitness, you can feel fitter. When you are stronger, the hormones are in a good place. You're a little bit less body fat. You're actively moving more. That's often what that is. That's that feeling of fitness. People really think it's a feel good factor. Sometimes I find when it comes to just the running or just the cycling, you just get better at that modality of just running, you know? So um, I hope that helps. So I would base my foundations of the training plan on strength. Once that is the staple, then I'll look to add cardio around. I would focus on is my recovery. As much as I don't want to accept being a bit older now, I do need to manage this better. However, I think because I've built these things throughout my 20s that I don't often see the detriment when it comes to recovery. But when my sleep is off, I'm, it feels bad, <laughs> you know? <laughs> So when my sleep is off, I really notice the effect in my energy levels, my mood, my cravings, so the choice I make and the quality of my workout performance. So I don't, I'm not someone who's going to beat the drum and say, you need to get your eight hours sleep. I think we all know that. And sometimes it's just never going to happen. I think right now, if you can just get one more hour sleep in, then what you are currently doing, that is going to be sensational. But if you can say, say it's, say you're getting six hours instead of trying to go for eight, we have seven. But say you say to yourself, all right, I'm going to get to bed. So I'm within bed for that time frame. That's the main thing. Getting into bed for that period of time and keeping it like that. Then it's a case of optimizing it. But people try and get too much perfect in the sleep routines right now. It's like, okay, first step is let's get our sleep routine. Just try and be in bed for the period of time I want. Then I can look at improving it through supplements, improving these biohacks, you know. But I'd really focus on that because that's a huge game changer now. I'm trying to keep that consistent.
uh, on a weekend as well. Try not to stay up too late if you're not going out just for the sake of it because it's a weekend. Trying to keep that consistent. The days per week that you train matters. Unfortunately, I am not genetically as blessed as I'd like to be. And if I work out intensely three or three, four days in a week, I feel battered. I wish I could do more, but I cannot do that. <laughs> it is frustrating. So we need to manage our, our recovery well. So that comes down to a few things. One, obviously acknowledging where we are, how much we can really handle based on our training experience. Two, your workout week. Are you doing a right amount of days where you can work out hard, recover well, and go again? That is a good sign. Is if you can work out, feel like it's quite intense, then keep making progress consistently. That's a really good sign you're doing a right amount. But are you splitting your workouts out throughout the week the best you possibly can to give yourself the rest days in between? Or are you leaving it to the end of the week and keeping them too close so you just feel quite battered a lot? If we can't space them out well, have them quite close together, but make sure you're doing opposing muscle groups or you could alternate certain things that you do, but really try and manage your week the best you can. And that often just comes down to planning and the expectations of the plan. The last one on recovery is going to be the weekend habits. If you're going out, staying up late, getting battered, that's going to knock things out for a while. And unfortunately, it hurts now. A few drinks hurts, man. It takes a while to get back into it. So it's really trying to get that balance for yourself, you know. So when it comes to recovery, recovery is so essential. That is going to come down to, just as I said, you're trying to get into a good sleep pattern, working out appropriately and where you're currently at and just making sure your weekend habits are in a decent place. The fourth point is going to be flexibility. And when I say flexibility, this is not mobility. Yes, mobility is great and everything. And we do need to improve this. Maybe I'll need to do more as we go, as time goes on. However, when I say flexibility, this is completely down to your approach. This is the plan and structure you are on. So if we start with your workouts, flexibility means, are you trying to work out every day and then you end up missing a few days and you feel guilty for missing it and then you ended up playing this catch-up game? Or have you got a plan which three to four workouts seems to be the magic number? And I think that works quite well from workout perform. And I think... And I think that works very well for most people for workout performance. However, it is easy to manipulate the dates. Say you have to travel one day. Say work meetings get booked in. You can easily just move on to the next day. So is the workout schedule you're on are you able to be flexible within your working week? Because that's the key to actually being able to sustain it all. Then this moves into flexibility with your nutrition. So when we say this, a lot of people think they need a meal plan. We need guidelines and templates, yes. However, flexibility with your nutrition is so key to enjoying it all. Because let's put it into a few ways here. First thing I do with a lot of my clients is we do calorie cycling. So we have our weekly target. So we have a weekly calorie number we want to hit on a weekend though. One day on a weekend, we have a slightly higher number, not too high because it's not a binge. And then in the week, we have a little bit lower. So in the average is here. However, that means on the days that we're going to be eating out, we have a bit more room for freedom for a drink or two or a bit more of that starter when you have a meal out, for example. So that's the first bit when it comes to flexibility. The second one of flexibility is actually allowing yourself the flexibility and autonomy to have what you technically you're allowed what you want doesn't mean you can because you can't have what you want because it's always probably going to send us over but it, it's mentally allowing yourself that flexibility of food choices so if you are going out one night and your meal plan says i need to meal one says this two three four and meal four is you need to have your 120 grams of chicken 
150 grams of brown rice and 100 grams of broccoli. By the way, I did this before. So this is why I'm talking from experience. Uh, and you go out, you have options. You don't eat out and stay home, feel miserable. Two, you go out and take it with you, which I don't think will work. Did that once, kind of got a few comments. Or three, you go out, you think, oh, I have no choices I can make and you just blow your diet. So when we say that, flexibility means you are allowed technically to have what you want within, but you make it up to a better choice. Flexibility means you're allowed to balance your week better. And flexibility means on the day of an event where things are out of your control through travel, work meet, meetings, client events, you have some flexibility to allow to stick to it. So you have your average day you're trying to plan your best for, but say something comes in. You know now you have a client event on a Tuesday, meal one and two in the day. I'm going to go a little bit lower calorie, but keep the protein nice and high. That way I have a few more for you then. So when I say flexibility, that was quite a few practical steps there. The important thing to remember here is it's more it's more flexibility with what you're allowing yourself in your mind. Because if you're allowing yourself technically what you want, you have those practical tools and frameworks to make the diet work. It is because that was what it used to be. I used to find that really hard. If you allow yourself that, you're going to find yourself giving you putting yourself in a position of empowerment to make better choices because you can have it. It's in your choice. And when you start planning, say you're going out on a, for a meal and a drink on a Saturday, you have like, okay, three drinks is going to be this amount of calories. I'm going to have this at that restaurant. Then the rest of your day is okay. You're going to be more empowered to actually stick to what you want to do. Number five is going to be the environment. So we all say now environment is key. We know this. So this can be broken down into two things. First one is going to be the practical. So when you're working from home, this sounds so simple, but right now I am not living at mine. I'm staying at someone else's. There is chocolate looking right back at me. It is bloody hard. <laughs> and when you're bored, you want to go up and you want to pick at it, right? So sometimes it's hard to control, but you need to start with your own controllable, looking from home. Have you got the foods that are going to trigger you when you are bored? Are they there? If they are, none of those suckers. Save your money on that. <laughs> get out. And then if you find yourself going out to get them like I did in the past, that's where you need to have a good word at yourself. <laughs> then it's when you go to work. So work environments can be really challenging around the office, right? So you have options. It's you either try do your best to get out, keep saying no, or just try to take things with you. So instead of having the office snacks, you've got things on you. So you, know, you could just be like, no, I'm good. I've got this. That's something you can control. Your environment now is the people you are with. I'm not someone who says you need to bin off people. However, if your environment is family, a certain way of feeding you, and they're telling you your genetics are made up a certain way, that's an input we need to we need to acknowledge that we can change. I was always told that I was a bit of a chubby, I like, can really build muscle, blah, 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 blah. Um, you need to, like, so that's an input that we can control because we can change that narrative. But when it comes to your environment, it's the people you're hanging around. If your family are feeders and your friends are big drinkers, it's going to be very hard. And I used to do this alone. I found it very difficult. Now, what we want to do is get into positions of empowerment to improve these. So most people here listening to this, I know don't want to not be with their friends and family. So what you need to try is to find environments away from that, that are going to allow you to be in a better position when you go to these events to maybe not even necessarily just say no, but just be more empowered to make better choices and maybe say no if you need to. So for me, it was... I really like my friends and family. I don't really want to change. But when I actually got my coaches, that gave me a connection to celebrate my wins when I was staying on track on a weekend. When I joined all these groups online, I was, I was developing friends in this fitness space, which was quite cool because we would work out and we trained together. Uh, we would speak about it a lot. So that fitness bug was kind of taken care of. 
uh, people got me and understood me. So when I could go and when I was out, I didn't really as fast. I started working out with my brother. That was something that really just we just trained together. So it's a good outlet, someone else on the same journey. But for now, I, so if I was starting now, I would be like, okay, do I what? What can I do? I would maybe find some friends that are on the same journey, get a coach to speak to, which I already do now, and. I would actually find friends who want to do active things on a weekend who make me not want to drink so much on a weekend. So finding environments that facilitate your growth through a coach, a community, even friends or whoever may be on the same journey is going to help facilitate that, like that desire to speak about your goals, feel empowered. And then when you go to the events where people drink, you can either leave early if you want to, you can say no more with ease and it's just a lot easier. The next point is accountability accountability works in many forms so you have that accountability of someone who is there telling you to do the hard things that you know you need to do which is cool accountability also works for support where for myself i would always be i'm quite when, when it comes to my fitness in particular i'll keep this fitness related not other topics so when it comes to fitness related, I was very much someone who would go all in. And sometimes the accountability is just someone giving me the structure to follow and I'll go after it and do it. But more importantly, stopping me doing silly things and second guessing myself and changing things when I get very close, because sometimes I get so close and then I would like try to do something different. And it's sometimes you just need that reassurance that you're on the right path and you're not doing anything wrong. So accountability is someone is someone telling you to do the things that you know you need to do, which is good, and but it should empower you to do so. At the same time, reassuring you to make sure you're on the right track, not second-guessing yourself, making sure you are staying consistent, being patient, and telling you when to make the tweaks when needs be. So what would I do now is, one, I would get a coach for my own personal goal. And then I would also get accountability in terms of practically needing to be places. So whether that was the workout, blocking that out in my diary, going with a friend, or joining some form of group of other people who are on that same journey, who are making me turn up to do these things. The accountability is probably the most underestimated part. And the last but not least, seven, set a deadline. We want long-term thinking with short-term deadlines. So for me right now, I would set myself a target. I would get an actual deadline, whether that is going to be summer, that is going to be a holiday, that would be a wedding. So way too many of those suckers going on right now with stags and everything like that, which could actually make things a bit more challenging. Um, but I'd set a proper deadline for one of the big goals, but I'd be thinking long-term. So I'd set a proper deadline where I want to be in the shape of my life for. I would be thinking long-term in terms of, I'm not good, I understand it's not going to be a few weeks, but I'd set the deadlines. And I would work hard towards those. But I would be thinking long-term because the deadline is all well and good. And the reality is when you get to the event and you get to the, de the deadline, you feel good on the day, but you can always be improving. So I'd be thinking long-term in terms of by the end of this year, I want to be in the shape of my life. But I set some shorter-term deadlines within to give me that bit more oomph when needs to throughout the year. Because the reality is with a year, there's going to be push and pull seasons. So if you can have mini deadlines within, that gives you periods of more intense focus and more periods of taking your time a little bit longer. Um, but what I would be doing is thinking long-term with the approach. Everything that I'm doing is long-term because I want to be in this game for my 30s, 40s, 50s. So is the routine, the training, all these habits, this long-term vision is long-term, but I'll be setting deadlines within. So as I record this, 2023 has just begun, I believe. I've nearly got the year wrong again. I'd be thinking, I want to be in the shape of my life by the end of the year, whatever that improvements means. 
but I'd be setting deadlines within. So that means throughout the year, I have in periods of focus where I have a bit of pressure to actually turn up the gas and make sure I'm not second guessing or like leaving any stones unturned. However, I'm going to be quite fluid with that because if we say to ourselves, okay, 12 week goal, but there's no actual deadline, then we got a, it's, do you know, there's nothing really coming up. That's okay. But it's setting a deadline, but being fluid with it. So for example, we have the wedding coming up that we want to be in that shape for, for example. I'm fluid with a deadline. You're going to get ill. Work will come up, all these sort of things like that. And the deadline is just like a period to make me focus a little bit more for, but I'm really fluid with the deadline. Like I'm happy to take a little bit longer. If it takes a few more weeks longer just to get that goal uh, for myself, which is the main thing, that's what it is. So guys, that is what I would do if I was starting now. Just turning 30, about to step things up. The first thing I would do is I would acknowledge where I am and my realistic starting point. My training level right now, have I been training for a while or am I undertrained? My bo current body fat percentage, what am I, what can I realistically do and what am I willing to do? The second thing I would do would be double down on being ruthlessly consistent on the world-class basis. And I would not think I'm above it. I would do my best to plan it in. I would accept that that is a part of it. But I would be lifting, I would be tracking, I would be doing my steps, and I would be making these things happen. Because these things are the world class basics are actually where that inbuilt discipline comes from. I'll never overlook those things. And as long as you're doing those things, you're never far away. Third thing I would do is be prioritizing my recovery, my sleep, my days per week I train, and where I am now, like actually from a physical output and start building over time. It's turning into a bit more of a well oiled machine, going to my 30s in the better shape than I was in my 20s. It's kind of the plan, right? Four would be flexibility, flexibility with my approach to nutrition, the way that I train, how can I adapt my training when work and travel comes up? Because it's very different now. I don't have a day-to-day -day week routine for more than like a month at this moment in time. Number five would be my environment. I'd be controlling what I can from what I have in my surroundings at home, at work, what I listen to. But it would be my environments in terms of what people are actually on my journey supporting me. So when I go into those moments of like being with family and friends that I find it easier to stay on track and stay in line with my goals, I would get some accountability from a coach, friends, family, join a class or something that is going to make sure I do the things that I know I need to at the same time feel supported and reassured. And the last one would be is I would be thinking long-term and I would be fluid with being patient, but I would set some short-term deadlines within the year. So that gave me periods of focus and periods of relaxation. So I find that way, if you can be focused for a strong period and then relax for a little bit whilst maintaining some baseline standards, it's really good for overall motivation. So guys, I hope that was useful. Let me know your biggest takeaways. I'd really uh, be really interested to discuss with you what you learned or what you found interesting there. Feel free to drop me a DM. Just DM me, DM me the word podcast. Uh, if you've listened to this and there's anything you took from it and I'd love to speak to you a little bit further but guys thank you for listening as always and I'll speak to you very very soon